You're listening to Super Manager, the podcast for people who manage people and business with ideas, trends, and expert interviews to help you be a super manager. All right, so this week we are talking about measuring productivity, part one of a series on productivity. And I am here with my very productive super friends. Joel Emery with Ignite Strategies. I serve as a sales systems architect for small and mid-sized businesses. Kathy Sexton, the productivity experts, and I work with small business owners who are overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid. And I am Samantha Nays with CN Video. We do corporate video production. We were talking a little bit earlier in the previous podcast where I mentioned that I'm an ENTP and that P portion of it is kind of a on-the-fly kind of personality and I had to become a list maker in order to be more productive at work. Having lists, I believe, is helping me to spend less time thinking about what should I do next and I feel like I'm accomplishing more. I have more things that are done at the end of the day and fewer things that are half done. But that's just kind of how I feel about it. I don't really have any measurables. I don't really have any, before I started keeping lists, this is what I got done and what I didn't get done. And after, I wouldn't even know where to begin when it comes to measuring productivity. Well, I think, let's just talk about the lists a little bit. And I think that people tend to think, oh, well, I'm not a list maker, or I don't need lists, or they have tons of lists and tons of sticky notes. It's all over the board. I have seen people that go overboard on (laughs) lists. But I think the one thing that's important is to realize that we have to have it out of our head because if it's in our head, we can't organize it or prioritize it. And so those... Well, and and it weighs heavy on you too. Right, right. So we have 60,000 or more thoughts go through our head any single day. We need to be able to capture the most important ones. And if we're trying to keep track of all the other stuff we have to do. So list is a way of us being able to, because so many of us are visual, to actually see what needs to be accomplished. In that instance, I think when we were talking about sales before, I think that's really important. That's very trackable, you know, though. That That's very trackable. That's things that you can track. I mean... When you have a list of things to do, the problem is this item is worth more or less than something else on the list. So I think it's important that we look at it from a standpoint of importance because a lot of times just creating a list, then we pick and choose what we want over it, unless you're doing a list in order of importance. Well, I was gonna say, I agree with priority. Like when you say some things are more important than others, I kind of agree with priority, but to me, if it's not important, it's not on the list. So like everything is important, it just doesn't all have to be done today. Right, I agree with you there. But today, what needs to happen today? What has to happen today? You know, versus, okay, all these things need to happen in the next two days, what am I gonna do? That's a list that can take you down a lot of roads. But making sure that your list is prioritized with what's important, what are those top three things I need to get done today. And that's what I really tell people is it's about those three things. It's not about the list of 10. I have found I have to make a new to-do list every single day on paper. I can't do it on a computer. Some people can track in a computer. I can't do it. There are things I track in a computer, but in terms of my individual today, Wednesday, what I need to get done, I have to put it down on paper. And if I skip a day doing it because I'm too busy, I have a much less productive day then. Right. It's just something about that process in my brain for Joel, it helps do that. Well, you feel that way, but other than sales, Joel, you talked about in the previous discussion, with sales, you can measure the number of phone calls, the number of coffee appointments, the number of this, the number of that, but 
I think in most day-to-day -day office environments, you don't really have those measurables like that. It's just, did I get my stuff done or didn't I? Yeah, and I think it depends on the situation. And I think that for me, the whole thing is, I have a goal set out here and I have a system to get there, right? Am I working every day towards that system? Or am I skipping days? And so, you're right, it totally depends on what you do. I mean, if right. somebody's laying tile, their goal right. might be a certain number of square feet to lay every day, and that's specific and measurable. So, I mean, finding where those measurables are if in the context of the overall goals is important. And that, generally speaking, can be done. It just requires a thought. Well, ultimately, and maybe not to the person performing the task, but doesn't it always boil down to money? I mean, it's always about, are you meeting your revenue goal? And the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis are towards achieving that ultimate goal, aren't they? Right, and it's really about the bottom line. So it's not even always about revenue, but it's about the bottom line. And I well, think not to ask a stupid question, but what would another bottom line be besides revenue? Because I feel like well, no, that's it what all I goes back right, to revenue. Right. Well, well revenue, they, but they, then you have other things. Now, they've also done studies that if you focus exclusively on revenue numbers, that it actually is not as effective as also including some other qualitative metrics. Uh, but I so, think that's, that's level of management. So you have your upper management or your business owner, and they're focused on the revenue. Then you've got the people that are performing the day-to-day -day actions. It would not be revenue-based goals because they can't tie what they're doing to how much that means in revenue for the company. Or maybe they can in some situations, well, but... Let's say one of the key parts of a business is a call center. So you want to track what the quality of the customer experience is with that call center. And the higher the customer experience is, the better the bottom line will be. So establishing metrics and expectations for the department and even down to individuals on the quality of that interaction. So you're saying you start with, and, and I kind of get your point, ultimately the business owner or the CEO or, or the CFO is going to be concerned with revenue, our revenue goals. But by department or by job role, you have to think, how is what you're doing contributing to these goals? And so what right. are your goals that you need to meet in order for everybody to meet their goals in order to meet the revenue goals. Right, so let's just take videos. Okay. For example, what is your job? Is your job to edit so many videos for the day? What is it that you need to accomplish by the end of the day, end of the week? You Honestly, know? you picked the wrong person to use as I an know. example. <laughs> no, because I am so into organizing and right. thinking things yeah. through and planning. We actually have a sheet that we fill out and I talk with everybody about we meet our revenue goals two different ways, one by providing the right quality and the other by providing good customer service. So it's the quality of the product and the customer service. And so I actually have a form, we just started with this, where we actually rate ourselves one to five when we complete a project. How did we do in each of these things? Did the customer have to contact us and ask for an update on how their video was coming along? If they did, then that's a one. If they didn't, then that's a five. And so. I'm really into metrics and thinking through what it takes. So I might not be your best example for that. Well, no, but what I was what I was saying is, is your job just to edit videos? If that's the job, but oh, like, so you're saying per task because oftentimes yeah. people play multiple roles. Right. But you're saying for this particular project or task that right. you're working on. Right. Right. What is okay. that? And so it really comes down to what is the job and what should be accomplished at the end. What does done correctly look like? Yes. To be able to measure anything, you have to know those two things. Okay, what is the task? What is the end goal? Okay. For you to be able to come up with actual metrics. Yeah. And in some cases, Which is also probably very useful for the person performing the task to know what it's supposed to look like when they're done. Right, right. But if you're in a position where 
say somebody's in a store and they're depending on people walking in the door. You can't say, you can't have to handle 20 <laughs> customers today. Well, what about they don't walk in the door, <laughs> right, right? Right. Some people's jobs are so not Well, it would be, you have to approach 90% of the people that walk in the door right. or something Correct. like that. Correct. But I really think it's really about what is that position and what do you need to accomplish? And I think a rating, when you just said, is one way to measure that. What's another? Well, we were talking about sales and a point system. The point system? The point system. And I've known clients have done that and I've set it up for people before. And I think a part of it is that self-satisfaction, that level of was I busy or was I really accomplishing things? And really being able to be true to yourself on that. It has to begin somewhere with defining success, both as an organization and as an individual. And then from there, how do you go about becoming successful? I think, Kathy, you said something just now that was really key is, am I busy or was I really accomplishing something? Those are two very different things. I once worked with someone who a friend of mine jokingly called her the most, it was either the most disorganized, organized person or the most organized, disorganized person because this person was always busy, but nothing ever got done. It's like, okay, what's going on here? How do you solve this problem? They're just constantly overwhelmingly busy, but nothing is getting done. Right. And that's where somebody absolutely needs a coach to come in. I mean, you can't see that yourself. Just like if somebody plays baseball, I mean, no matter how good of a hitter you are, you still need a coach to watch what you're doing and find ways to improve. And that's where you've got to have that coaching. Well, and I think when we go back to the list or doing things that we don't like to do, right? I call it creative avoidance. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, that, I know exactly okay, what you mean. I got to do that. that. And so now it's time to clean out my pencil drawer or whatever. What Mary said earlier and what you just said, Joel, is about having somebody from the outside be able to look at it differently than you see it. And even with that time management, and you mentioned something about it all being about the bottom line, it, it isn't necessarily. I mean, I know for me personally, a big part of it is I need the flexibility to take care of one of my children that has some specific behavioral challenges. So I've structured my life and my clients and my day around that degree of flexibility and needing to do those things. Once I realized that I needed to do that, I would argue that it still comes down to a bottom line. That's a parameter. No, I mean, the bottom line is part of it, but I've consciously chosen not to maximize my bottom line because I need to allocate bandwidth over here with the Yeah, parenting. yeah, yeah. And I, I, and I don't think that's... Yeah, but it's about being effective in the time that you do have yeah. because you're choosing to do this. But we're talking that. about measuring productivity. So how do you know if you're productive or not? How do you know what is a reasonable amount of productivity for a day? I might say, oh, I finished my list, therefore I'm very productive, but I had an easy list. Or, oh, I never get my list done, therefore I'm not very productive, but I'm making an unreasonable demands on myself. I think that's beginning at the beginning as opposed to beginning at the end. You have to begin at the end with, again, how you define success. What is my goal? How do I define success? So then what are the specific activities that I need to do to get there? And then how am I going to measure those specific activities? And then that's how you define your productivity, by how those all flow together and line together. Right. So you've got the goal, Mm -hmm. right? And then we've created this process to get there. So how far are you moving in that process is the measurement. So when you're talking about the to-do list, that's down to the specific activities. But have you even defined what the right activities are in the context of the goal that needs to be reached? When you're talking about measuring productivity, I still feel like that is maybe more based on abilities than goals. No, because I think everybody's abilities are different. 
But that's what I mean. Somebody with more ability, wouldn't they be more productive? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. How does someone with less ability be more productive? I think it comes back to about the way we think and we work. And some people work in a real structured process, right? Mm -hmm. And other people don't work that way. They work here, then here, then here, then come back here, right? And it really comes back down to the end goal. Are you moving that process towards that goal? And so just because <laughs> I don't do it the same way you do, it doesn't mean right. I'm less effective yeah. than you right. are. And again, coming back to the defining success, I like to use the tile layer example. Mm -hmm. So you might have one tile layer that can lay 1,000 square feet of tile in a day to pull a number out of the air. And you might have another that can lay 500 square feet of tile in a day. But the 500 square foot one, the accuracy is four times that of the one who lays 1,000. So it depends on how you define success. So maybe the person works at half the speed, but their quality is four times better. I actually had this conversation with my ex-husband several years ago. He is a, I'm gonna work on one thing at a time from start to finish kind of guy. And we used to drive each other crazy because I am a, I'm kind of in the mood to do this, so I'm gonna work on this for a while, and I'm not in the mood to do that anymore. Now I'm gonna switch gears and do this for a while. And he always used to say, you are so counterproductive. You never get anything done. You never, and I said, I never get anything done because you keep making me go back to this one thing that you want to finish. I said, give it a chance. Just give me a few months and don't interfere with the process. And what we determined was that over a three, four, five, six month period, I was able to get the same number of things done. It was just, they were in a state of partially done for a longer period of time. But at the end of the six months, all five items got done. Whereas if he worked on it from start to finish, he could get five things done. It ended the same in the same period of time. We just frustrated each other because my complaint was, well, I don't feel like working on that right now, therefore I'm not gonna be very productive. And his complaint was, you're not getting anything done. You're starting things and you're leaving a mess. That's why, coming back to employees again, but that's why micromanagers don't work. Yeah. Because micromanagers think you have to do it this way. And somebody else that does it their way is gonna be much more productive because that's the way they think and work. You've just got to have that end goal and say, you this, have is, to, this yes. is when it needs to be done, and this is what needs to be done. And, and then let them do it the way they need to do it. Yeah. You're going to find that you're going to get better quality because they're doing it their way. And when we try to make somebody do it a totally different way because we think that's the best way, then we can possibly slow them down or even stall them. So you can't really measure someone's productivity unless they're doing things in their comfort zone, the way they're comfortable doing it. It's got to be, did you reach the end result? Right, right. It's, you know, goal. it comes back to the success or the goal. What is that and how much progress have you made towards that? And I think, Joel, you kind of started to hit on this on the previous discussion just a little bit. It was knowing how you're spending your time during the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We did, and I've heard people talk about these before too, where you do an exercise where you say, oh, okay, I'm gonna monitor, I'm gonna keep track of everything I do for a two week period and how much time I spend on it. A lot of people don't finish that because they find it too time consuming to keep track of everything. That's why I like finding just the three things you're gonna track. If you track too many things, it's too many. And again, I'm coming from the sales perspective, but if you find the three core activities that you're tracking, well, and I think back to what you just said, I will have my clients a lot of times do that. I will have them do a time study. It's more for tracking and making them aware of where they're spending their time. And is it into the things that are the most effective? 
And are they using the time or should that be going to somebody else? I did this a couple of years ago with some employees because we weren't getting things done that I felt should have been getting done. And I said, okay, everybody, whenever you start doing something, write down the time. And when you stop, write it down and then let's figure out. And when we went back and looked at it, it was like, we're spending a third of our day in meetings. How is that even possible? They're like, well, we do the morning meeting and then that turns into a discussion and then that turns into another meeting and that turns into... And so I was able to get back a lot of productivity by simply saying, okay, the morning meeting is going to be 15 to 20 minutes long. It cannot go on for an hour, an hour and a half, that sort right. of thing. But it slips away from you. You just don't realize that you're spending that much time. And then when you actually put numbers to it. And for a great thing for meetings, and we'll just talk about that on productivity side. Well, it doesn't need to always be an hour meeting. We're going to do this and we're going to do it in half hour or 45 minutes. Just think about all those 15-minute increments everybody has just say. gained, right? Yeah. And it's really about having an agenda and sticking an agenda. Management discipline, whether, yeah. but self or group management. But that goes back to being aware of where you're wasting a lot of time. Right. Yeah. Correct. Well, it's all about resource allocation It's at some point along the way. I have one client that I started working with a little over a year ago, and we began putting some systems in place. And since the beginning of this calendar year, we've really been able to track a lot of metrics. And we've been able to drill it down to the point where when a new lead comes in, we're able to track specifically who it goes to, what their results are, how many leads they're converting, and what their final revenue is. And we have members of the team that are, say, for every dollar we're spending on lead generation, making $7 for the company. We have some that for every dollar we're spending are making $5. We have some that for every dollar we're spending are making $2. We have some for every dollar we're spending are making $0. Well, after six months, the one who was making $0 was removed from that lead generation cycle and somebody else was plugged in because that was not a good use of scarce resources at that point. And he can go generate leads in another manner if he wants. But again, you got to track this stuff and know what the goals and expectations are. And Kathy, I'm curious about one thing. Because we are a service provider, we track our time like when we're working with a client. We're starting to edit this video, so we have like a timer that we turn on in this automated system that we use. So all of the things that we're working on have little time trackers that'll keep track of hours so that we know how much to invoice. You said you have your clients measure how much time they're spending. Well, first of all, how'd you get them to do that? Because that is a difficult thing to do. How were you able to reasonably do that? I mean, how do you track your time if you don't have an automated system to do that? Manually. Basically, so you just had them write on paper? It's on a spreadsheet and I have it in categories. Because mainly I'm working with small business would owners. They, would they own up to, oh, okay, so you're, it's not the employee, it's the owner. Right, that you're right, right. Okay. But I mean, I've had people that have done it with their employees, but then you kind of give them some categories, basically. Not everybody will do it, but those who have and those who are so amazed with where their time goes, and, and then it really, really does allow them to say, okay, what do I need to shift? Do the employees do it accurately, though? Because I can see the business owner would want to know where is time being spent. But if you're an employee, are you really going to mark on your sheet that you spent 45 minutes on a personal phone call? Or do you think they're going to make it look like it's more work-related and go, well, I've got to account for this 45 minutes. Let me stick an extra 15 here and an extra 10 there. Are you getting good, honest answers? Or how do you get get that information? the, The companies that I've worked with where we've done it with employees, it's usually been where we're time tracking more of a labor type thing. How long is it taking us to do embroidery? Or, but it was more so not so much for productivity-based. It did come down to that later, but it really was starting out to make sure that we were costing the products correctly. Right, right. So I've not really dealt with a lot that have done it like in an office setting. Okay. 
I think that would depend a lot on both the company culture right. as well as the coachability of the individual employee. Uh, so an intersection of the two things on whether or not that could work. Yeah, and it works for service providers like yourself or when I used to have my bookkeeping business. All my employees had a timer, and it was either office time or it was client time. So that was measurable because Mm -hmm. if I found that they were spending a lot of time in office time, I might not know exactly what they were doing, but... Oh, so when you say office time or client time, you're talking billable time or just other administrative stuff. Correct, correct. I feel like that they were probably very honest with that aspect because I didn't say, okay, were you doing... What specifically were you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Any horror stories having to do with measuring productivity? I actually thought of a pretty good good horror story. I found a very unique way of measuring how someone's time was spent. This person was the most organized, disorganized person, and she went on vacation and I took over her responsibilities while she was on vacation. And and it was interesting, the conversation that we had about it. I was looking at her list of things to do in a day. At the time we were using send out cards. I was like, okay, I need to send out these birthday cards or congratulatory cards or whatever. And I noticed that for every card, I had to type in our return address. And so I'm like, oh, well that's kind of silliness. So I went out and I saved it so that it would remember it for each one. And as I'm working on tasks while she's on vacation, I'm thinking, well, why is she doing it this way? It's so much quicker. It's so much easier. And when she got back, I was so excited to tell her, I said, hey, listen, I was able to automate this. I was able to automate this. And she goes, oh, but I like doing those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. what was interesting was she was doing things in a very counterproductive way because it was her comfort zone. And she liked, I don't mind typing in the address right. every time. Right. It was kind of an odd way of coming up with a productivity measurement when they were gone and somebody else had to do their job. And it's like, oh, whoops. Thanks for listening to Super Manager by CN Video Production. Visit our website at cn-video.com for additional episodes and lots of super manager resources, or give us a call at 314-VIDEO-ME.